Yeah, that's perfect. We're good. We're yeah. good. We managed? So, okay. we managed to figure it out. So we're not live. Although Tim, we're looking at the ceiling on Instagram. Uh, oh man, there we go. Oh, <laughs> what's boy. up, everybody? Now. Welcome uh, to another episode of the Geek Boutique. Hey, this week we're all about Star Trek. Actually, last week is a big deal for the world of Star Trek. It was a season finale of Picard season two. It was a series premiere of Strange New Worlds. Uh, a brand new lower decks mobile video game has come out kinda it's in a it's a beta that came out uh video game can you say video game again please I'm video game more. video game Perfect. <laughs> so it's been a big week for star trek uh so we've got a couple of our resident trekkies joining us today first of all you know i, I if, if everybody online here should already know both of these people they've been on before when they're not on, they're in the comments. First of all, Black Captain Kirk, Mr. Tim. Listen, I like to pull your chain butt on the show, but I hope you I hope you know I'm just messing with you. Hey, hey, always, always. It's all, all in good fun. And then returning for, is this the third or fourth time you're back, Megan? I lose count now. Third? I think third. Third time? Uh, that Valkyrie girl, Megan, how are you? I am good. So I believe that today we are talking about Star Trek, and we've got the biggest Star Trek nerd <laughs> of them all. What? What? What am I? Mashed potatoes? I don't get a. What? You don't want me to introduce you? you? Okay. So there what? you go, Jeff. So I was going to introduce you, but I guess I won't. So just you know who he is. <coughs> you know who I am. That's right. Hi, everybody. How are you? It's good to see you both again with us here. Never mind the uh, JS is echoing. JS, apparently you're echoing. I'm echoing. Jess is echoing. In, That's weird. In Instagram. On Instagram. I wonder Apparently. why that would be. I don't know. Hmm. Stay tuned, folks. We're still doing some. Is JS the only one echoing? Yeah, am I the only one echoing on Instagram? Testing, testing. Am I echoing Instagram? Testing, testing. It's good oh, now. It's good now. Okay, good. That's good now. Right. Dorksides on it. Dorksides, our official sound engineer. Dorksides all over sound it. Check, sound check. Yeah. Corey, mashed potatoes with new Crocs coming. Yeah, they're all are. good now, JS. Thank you very yes. much, Mr. Michael. Perfect. All right, Thank so you. listen, we, we're all into Trek. We've all talked about Trek before. Um, although, Megan, I don't know if you've ever met Tim. And Tim, I don't know if you've ever met Megan. I think, Megan, you were on with Debbie when we talked Trek last time. And yeah. I, actually, Tim, I think you were on with Debbie as well. No, it was just us three we're seeing both last time. With Debbie. Either way, uh, for those of us, or for those watching, I should say, that maybe... I haven't seen the other Trek episodes. I'm going to give you guys a very quick minute. And I have very, very simple questions for you. What was the first thing Trek that you've ever watched? And what's your favorite Trek thing? Series, movies? Who wants to start? Well, I can tell you what Megan's least Go. favorite Trek thing is. Okay. Yes, I know. Why did I? Cool. It's been fun. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Megan, how about you start? We'll get to that. <laughs> okay, so first thing I ever watched was uh, the first season of Next Gen. Yep. Because I was told not to start with original series because it was cheesy and I probably <laughs> wouldn't like it. So I started with uh, Next Gen 
And then after I finished one season and was like, cool, I like this. I went back and watched all of original series and did also still like it. So eh, was good. Did enjoy. And then from there, I just went chronologically with when they came out. So have have seen. And what's your favorite? Except for the very end of Lower Decks and um, oh, yes. Prodigy. Is that the other one? Yeah, Prodigy. Yeah, I haven't watched Prodigy yeah. either yet. Tim, you've watched it. Apparently, it's really good, isn't it? I watched watched a bit. Um, You know, yeah, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's definitely not meant for adults. It's meant for kids, but um, they make it in a way that you know, if if you're a Trek fan and uh, an adult watching it with your kid, there's a whole lot for you. Yeah, pack of Easter eggs and characters you know and. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, like all, all kinds of stuff that is actually, you know, part of the canon now and everything. It's like official stuff, um, you know, and they're telling stories that you won't get elsewhere. And these are stories that I assume at some point will converge with actual like IRL, like kind of real life um, video kind of actual shot. Yeah, stuff. those these characters in live action at some point. Personally. Yeah, they're going to cross over at some point into yeah. bigger media. I mean, I feel like everything that Star Trek has done has spawned something else and so on and so forth. So for sure. Uh, so, Tim, uh, your first Trek thing that you've ever watched and what is your favorite Trek thing? Uh, first thing, Trek thing I've ever watched is probably Encounter at Farpoint, but when it actually aired yep. back in the days, um, I barely remember it. You know, I remember my brother was watching it and I was watching it with him and we just like watched it ever since then. Um, and then, you know, of course, like went back and watched original series and everything consumed everything trick that you could all the way through. Um, you know, I would say like in the old school, like kind of golden age of Star Trek, my favorite Trek would probably be. Uh, next generation but then mm-hmm. there's you know special places in my heart for voyager and deep space nine but and what i would almost refer to now as the platinum age of star trek um i think like now um maybe a week or two ago i would have said discovery was my favorite but i mean strange new worlds is just uh one of the best things i've seen in a long time it's hard to say i think i chatted you guys that earlier i'm like guys i'm thinking about it it might be wait a minute i think you know i think this might be it you know <laughs> Really yeah, awesome. we're actually going to talk about Strange New Worlds further in, but uh, yeah, I agree. Strange New yeah, Worlds sure, we'll come. Amazing. Yeah, of course, we'll come back to that, but that's that's it for me. Yeah, uh, Jeff. Um, mm. I mean, well, how about you? Yeah, you tell me first of all what you started with. What was the first thing that you watched that was Trek media? Well, I'm like, I, think you, I know your favorite I'm, already, but well, it, well, maybe I don't know. Um, I'm like you. I was, I was. I'm a child of the early '70s. So Star Trek, the original series, was in you know syndication at that point. Like you couldn't. We only had 12 channels, but Star Trek was pretty much always playing on one of them mm-hmm. at some point. And and my dad liked it enough. You know, in between episodes of Mash and Monday Night Football, we would we would watch Star Trek. So yeah, uh, that was my first exposure to it. Was the original series. Um, but my favorite Trek, probably Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I, I know I know we're mostly talking about the TV properties, but. That movie was such a turning point for me that that movie was what solidified my love of Trek. And I've, and I've seen it so many times I could quote it verbatim start to finish. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, same, but you know, I'm not saying, but I mean, you know, same thing growing up in the 70s and 80s, uh, original series would play, in my case, on CBC on Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, now, I was too young to really remember a lot of the stories from back then i remember the stories from rewatching it i don't remember the stories from watching them back sure. then because i was too young 
Uh, but that's that's what first introduced me to Trek. But really, what got me was the next generation because I was a teenager. I was, I guess, I would have been 16, 15, 16 when. No, I would have been younger than that actually. I would have been way younger. I would have been a, a, a preteen when Next Gen came out. Uh, so that's what really connected with me as far as, far as Star Trek. That launched me into being a Trekkie. Mm-hmm. First Contact. Oh boy. Is my favorite of all Trek things, especially the new Enterprise. God, that Enterprise E was yeah, yeah, that amazing. That was yeah, that's right. The new Enterprise from Strange New Worlds. Holy crap. Well, yeah, we can't even. I can't. Like, it's hard to look see. at it. It's so beautiful. So, all right, let's move on quickly uh, because there's been a lot of Trek. Now, I know we haven't really had a chance to chat Discovery. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right away. We're not all gonna agree here tonight, right? Uh, right off the bat, we know that me and Tim very much disagree on Discovery. Well, three of us <laughs> are gonna like, agree. like, all right, let's get ready now. <laughs> three of us are gonna agree. Fine, one of us is not. Um, but I mean, I feel like Trek. I mean, that's what Trek has been. I feel like nobody really Trek has meant different things to different people. And I feel like almost everybody has a different view of what they feel Trek should feel and be like. And, and some series they'll love, some movies they'll think are great, other things they'll, they will hate. I like the J.J. Abrams movies. You know, I, I love a lot of people that can't stand them. I know Tim's not a big fan of the J.J. Abrams movies. They're fun action movies. They're with, fun action movies. Featuring Star Trek properties. Well, there you go. Right. So we're not all going to have the same points of view. So let's let's start it off there. And I hope tonight everybody understands that if we get into some friendly arguments, they are friendly arguments. We're not we're not here to, you know, go at each other. But Discovery season four. Are they friendly, though? So, well, we'll see. Me and you, uh, Jeff. I have a stress ball in each hand right now. My hands are off screen. Yes. Just working away like he's going to talk about Discovery. Well, let's Sweating start there. Like, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about Discovery because I, I do want to talk about Picard and Strange New Worlds. But uh, what were you guys' yeah. initial thoughts? I mean, Tim, I know you loved it. Might as well start sure. with you. Um, I mean, you've loved it throughout uh, all four seasons. You've yeah. I mean, uh, with the exception of like the first episode, like the first half or first couple episodes, I felt like it, that pilot was a little rough and I feel like it could have brought in, I mean, as you know, comparing it to Strange New Worlds, obviously we'll come back to that. But like the pilot of that, I, yeah, yeah, I've never heard a single negative thing about it. But Discovery, like, you know, it has some, it's working some stuff out. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I think it's like miles and worlds better than, uh, you know, uh, the J.J. Uh, Abrams movies as far as being a Star Trek thing. Anyway, I did uh, very much enjoy Discovery, um, and I feel like a lot of it resonated with me on a lot of levels, like a lot of the, I guess, like the political points that they were trying to make in the subtext and a lot of the um, different kind of uh, how deep they went on some of these storylines. And you guys know how long these story arcs were and stuff like that and how much of a fan I am of that, especially in Star Trek. Um, Like some of my favorite episodes back in the days were uh, ones where they stretched out a story more than a couple episodes, like they did that in Voyager and, and TNG and you know Deep Space Nine, obviously a few times, and those were always my favorites. But I enjoyed it; yeah, I liked it. And the finale just blew my mind. Obviously, I was very, very uh, happy with that one. Yeah, well, well, I want to talk about that as well. The finale, uh, Megan. Yeah, 
I was say, I really, I was on the fence how they ended season three. I was kind of, they lost me a little bit in the last couple of episodes, but I really liked what they did in season four right up until like the second, like the last 10 minutes. If the last 10 minutes had been slightly different, I would have been like 10 out of 10, got there. I'm still like eight and a half out of 10, but like, no, it was good. I enjoyed it as a whole. Endings are hard. Endings are hard. No question. Jeff? Yeah, that, that season yeah. three ending. Uh, yeah, same. It, it, it didn't derail the whole show for me because I love Discovery so, yeah. so, so much. But man, that kid gets angry and, and blows up weird. all the ships. And yeah, was it, it, it was very. And I and I applaud them because they feel yeah. like they did the same thing with the, the ending of season four. Like um, Species, uh, what is it? B, not B10. What, it, what were they called? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't remember what they were called. Uh, they had is it C10? Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think um, we were all expecting it was going to be someone that we'd seen before, and it wasn't. They took a yeah. chance, and they had this brand new species that communicates in this brand new way, and that's who the ultimate big bad was. That and they was weren't so even trying cool to be bad. They were just trying to you know, live basically like that, to me, is the essence, yeah. mm-hmm. the essence of Trek. Even though my favorite Trek is a mustache-twirling popcorn-eating yeah, bad guy, the Tensi. <laughs> Um, even though like with Khan and everything else, the essence of track, like the crystalline entity, like all of these yep. bad guys that aren't really bad guys, just the mm-hmm. he meant space is weird and there's weird shit out in space and we're yeah. going to run into it. And we're not always going to jive because there were weird than we're weird and our weirds don't match mm-hmm. up. So right, they're going to be conflicting yeah. things. Yeah. So that to me yeah. was such a great, great way to bring it back to from what i think is really what star trek is all about is not just good guy bad guy but shades of gray and how are we going to find the the moral ground on this so that we can come together yeah that's that to me was more important so i totally agree oh yeah no that was amazing yep js you came around a little bit on season four i know yeah because okay so i'm going to be 100 percent honest it took me three attempts to get through season four um, the first half of the season was dreadful. The first half of the season, episode after episode of cringy oh, dialogue, and that's how you really feel, buddy. Look, I I was having a really really hard time getting through it. The last few episodes, when they go from okay, now we what what do we what do we do? Right when they start having having meetings at Starfleet headquarters about okay, what do we do? And then it's splitting into. Book wanted to go do his thing, and and Burnham wanted to go do her. That's when the story really started getting interesting for me. Anyway, um, I'm with you, Jeff. I really, really liked the ending and the fact that finally it was something more than a kid screaming, a mirror universe. Uh, like you know what I mean? It was a proper something new. It gave me vibes, funny enough, of Encounter at Farpoint. Yep. So. I loved how they ended it myself. Almost like um, motion picture, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed that. Uh, I think that, for me, kind of redeemed a little bit season three, even though I don't understand why they have to... S- somebody has to fix their dialogue. The stories are getting better. The dialogue needs to be fixed. Picard suffered a little bit from the same issue, especially oh, towards... Oh, there's bad. a couple of episodes where it's like oh my god like like what are you guys thinking right like this like yeah Uh, but overall picard got it a little bit better and i feel like strange new world now is hitting its stride i i i don't know if they're the same writing team 
Do you guys know? Are they I the guess same? it's not, but I, we, I don't know. Um, yeah, I have a feeling it might be the same production house, but different writers. So do you want to segue that then to everybody's thoughts and feelings on yes, Picard, Picard season two? Yes. Season two and how yes, that ended. Thank you. Such. That's where I was going. Yes. I kind of figured it. I got yes. you, brother. I got you. Yes, yes. Megan, start us off. What did you think of uh, the end of uh, season two of Captain Picard and his amazing friends? Okay. So as soon as I saw the preview for when season two was starting and I knew they were going to have Q... <laughs> I was 100% on board. He is same. my favorite character. Yeah, same. I was so ready. <laughs> and I was really excited with the route that they took it. I was worried for a little while what they were kind of going to do with him because it seemed like they were like diving him off the deep end of just making him insane. Yeah. Like, was he's always a little insane. But it seemed like they were going like right in. <laughs> and I'm glad that they didn't do that. I like the way that it was... He was trying to help in his stupid, destructive way, but he wanted to help. And did you feel it, I, it ended satisfactorily for you as far I, as the arcs yes. go? I loved how they ended it. I loved the interactions between the characters at the end. I love how they wrapped it up. I think they made good choices for the motivations that each character had. And I think the way that they pulled it together at the very end, that you still have most of the main cast was like most yeah we're gonna well we're gonna we're gonna most. talk about there's been some news since then so we'll t we'll talk about that but uh what do you what do you think tim were you satisfied with the ending yeah i mean i think you guys I, like i was uh i you guys know i've been complaining to you guys pretty much the entire season about picard and how uh unhappy i was for various reasons and from everything to the whole being sent back in time to con what's conveniently modern day for the audience to me is always just like a frustrating kind of cop out like production wise um i think it's like yeah maybe parts of it's clever but part of me wonders if it's like uh a cheap production move like you know to cut costs or something like let's film like on actual blocks and put up a couple of street signs that change things up and instead of uh but no in all seriousness i didn't really um uh care for a lot of it i thought uh, uh that you know they were changing q a little too much just to make him something spicy for this season um, I didn't like a lot of the dialogue. I didn't like what they were doing with uh, the Borg stuff and everything. But that episode with, um, if you guys watch Battlestar, you know, Gaius Baltar as his mm. father. One where you like get like kind of a little bit of uh, background on on his father and, and the difference between his father and his mother and everything like that. That is kind of when it started to turn around for me. Um, and then it dipped down again with the bad action with the like Borg, like hit squad stuff was pretty lame to me. Um but that final episode was just like specifically that second half of the final episode just knocked me out. I was just from uh, when, you know, what's her name was like watching the ship go or ha having her moment with Renee in the locker room to everything after that was like really great um, to me. And it kind of redeemed the entire season in some ways. Jess. I loved season two of Picard way better than season one, I thought. I uh, I had a little bit of the same cringy dialogue issues that I had with Discovery uh, in this season. But the ending, I mean, I, I'm with Megan. So Q's been one of my all-time favorite villains, you know, In and, and I'm talking specifically John Delancey Q. Uh -huh. You've had other Q's that were okay. John Delancey Q is Q to me. Uh, the fact that they brought him back, like you, Megan, the minute they announced it, I was 100% on board. 
That was the <laughs> only thing I cared about was Q's back in Picard season two. Um, I like what they did with Guinan. Um, the young Guinan it was okay, uh, but I like how they brought her back. Uh, that she was a part of the show. She was a big part of the show, surprisingly. Uh, even though Whoopi herself was only in two episodes shortly for a couple minutes, uh, which was fine. Um, not a massive Whoopi Goldberg fan, but it was nice what they did to that character. Uh, but the ending. Mm. Can we? Spo- I mean, can we spoil it? I mean, I'm assuming yeah, everybody's. If you're, I mean, if you it's. Haven't seen it by now. You should really. Yeah, two weeks know. now. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you're not a Star Trek fan. Um, yeah. When Picard, not Picard, sorry, when Q grabs Picard's face. Uh, where's my tissue? Yeah, Whew. yeah, yeah. The emotions. Yeah, it was, it was something else, man. That was yeah, good. that that, was that, that psh, I started bawling. My daughter was looking at me like, "What's wrong with yep. you?" And like, ah, you don't understand. Yeah, you're explaining it. You're like, no, 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 you gotta go back to counter at bar point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was really for me. And I said this in the video that I filmed. It was really a thirty-year story arc for me that they were saying, "This is it. Next generation is now over for me." I don't, I'm not even sure I care about the next season of Picard. This ended it for me. This actually ended the story for me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully the next season's fun. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. Actually, you know what? Before we move on to the Borg, maybe Jeff, you can give us your thoughts. Oh, that's some great stuff. Yeah. So, well, here's here's the problem. Yeah, it's some great stuff. But uh, so I'll give you my thoughts really quickly. Yes, I too was a fan of of season two of Picard. I thought thematically it was a lot more focused than season one was. Season one seemed like throwing spaghetti at the wall and just whatever mm-hmm. stuck was great. Whatever fell off, fell off. Um, it seemed like they had a more concise focus on what they, the story they wanted to tell. Uh, did they knock it out of the park every episode and telling that story? No. no. But they did make sure to tie up sort of all the loose ends. They even brought it all the way back, like something that happened at the very first scene of episode one was kind of like how they capped the end of uh, of, of the last episode there. And yeah, obviously all the Q and, and Picard stuff is is fantastic. I it, it does. I feel kind of bad that Patrick Stewart was one of those guys where they made jokes for years about how he was ageless and timeless for like 20 years. The dude looked exactly the same. And then no slight man. No, I'm getting old myself. I get it. There's some, this is died. Like this is all gray and bullshit, but (laughs) it just seemed like as far as his, his physical uh, youth and stamina goes, it just fell off a cliff like really fast. And now I feel, I don't feel bad, but it's just, it's just weird that they have him on the show that should probably be like a deep, introspective character study of Jean-Luc Picard and it's really been more like a knockdown drag out action story that, through both yeah, seasons for some of <clears throat> when it really could and shouldn't be he's an elder statesman now so let's just have a, a, an exp- exploration and that's they trying to three, do that a little bit but I, I feel like not enough like as soon as the time travel element was introduced and there's this alternate timeline multiverse and alternate timeline so hot right now I'm like, this is not, I know exactly where all this is going to go. And that's exactly where it went. The twist with Q at the end was kind of cool. But it, I mean, at the end of the day, I would, that's hopefully season three, bringing back the original cast. Then I'm hoping we get an opportunity for more of that exploration. So the news coming out of the Trek world is that four separate cast members from season two will not have confirmed, will not be back 
for season three. Probably well, we know Rios room. won't be back. He's Rios is not going to be yeah. back, which makes sense. Uh, Corey, Dodge, Corey, she's gone with Will now. Not with Will, sorry, with Wesley. With Wesley. Fine. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Elnor, even though he came back in the in the final episode, will not be back for season three. No, no, no. So all that, I, that all makes sense. Jurati, yeah. the Borg Queen, is not appearing in season three. Wait, so season three is not going to deal with the <clears throat> fact that there's a big giant wormhole in space with the Borg, the Borg like, massive watching. complex watching I, it? I, I, like I guess you'll, you'll probably yeah. see them, or maybe they'll have like the Borg Queen character with that helmet on, but she really said specifically she is she will be watching with everybody else. She is not. The actress herself three. is not going to be in season three. Yeah. That's correct. Well, that. What, oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean that. You know, that's okay with me. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, it doesn't mean that the Borg are out of play. You know, we've seen multiple queens in a single season, so I'm doesn't, doesn't sweat me. I mean, we, again, so, a weird decision thematically. So I don't know. Yeah. How yeah. They're gonna weave all that in, but I mean. I mean, you there can't. You I mean, I don't know. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how they introduce a new <clears throat> faction of the Borg. Okay, yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that for a quick second. So, first of all, if Gerardi now took over the Borgs, the Borgs, Gerardi <laughs> took over the Borg nine hundred years ago. The Borgs is uh, nine hundred <laughs> years ago. Uh, does that mean that there are no more regular Borgs? What, what does that mean for Locutus? Was Picard still assimilated? Why is Seven still a Borg? My theory is that, like, somehow them going through all that stuff, like, I guess just in their logic and the logic of the universe that they're able to retain those memories, that it doesn't wipe those memories. But it did change the rest of the timelines, I'm certain, to where it had to, right? Yeah. yeah, Well, that's that's, I don't think so. Yeah, that's the burning question. Are there still Borg in the Delta Quadrant? And so there are now two completely distinct factions of Borg, the Borg we know and hate in the Delta Quadrant. Oh, so and now like maybe, these... her, maybe she was a part of a faction that we just didn't see and they were like in hiding until this point. Yeah, so they hid away so that the other Borg wouldn't find them? And... Or I mean, no, 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 like in this in this particular timeline, you know what I'm saying? Like because she goes back, they go back 400 years, but it, 400 years ago they're in the Alpha Quadrant and she starts basically by herself a new collective in the Correct. Alpha Quadrant and builds with yeah. all these races. Well, 400 years ago, the other, the regular Borg are still in the Delta Quadrant. But she was yeah, heading like to the Delta Quadrant. I don't I know. She was was she heading, heading to the Delta Quadrant? I thought she said that she was going to head to the Delta Oh, Quadrant. okay. So maybe there maybe is a, a melding of all of them then. And maybe it is just one giant collective now. I don't know. I just thought it would have been cool if there were two I distinct so. Borg collectives. That would be cool. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the very first episode, the way it started off before they went back was with her showing up. Right. So it had to have been something that already happened within like their universe. Right, it did happen. Time travel. Yeah, I think it's like one of those weird paradoxical things where Yeah, where she shows up before it happens. Yeah. I honestly do think that this was them straight up rebooting the Borg and redefining what the Borg are. I honestly believe that we're not gonna see the old school kind of mindless Borg with like Uh, a different queen that's gonna compete with this queen. I I just don't I assume that, but um unless somehow they were like some Borg shielded from temporal stuff that could be an interesting storyline down the line that like maybe some somehow there were Borg that are still operating off of the old Borg one point oh programming instead of like this new one or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can go for some board on board war. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. I was going to say, I don't think, yeah, I think you're right that they won't have the Borg that were in like previous shows and previous series anymore. 
but that's also more so just based off of their interactions with them in season one. Like, I think there's, like, they've gone down to the thing of there's so few Borg. Either mm. they're, like, too far away or they're avoiding them or whatever. And especially since they have this new faction now, I just think, story-wise, they've probably written them off. Mm. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I Anywho. think, like, the... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you're good, Tim. Go ahead. I was going to say, for me, like, uh, the cool three coolest takeaways from Picard that make it worth it despite all the bad episodes for me, are the Q stuff, obviously, um, and getting to really see how deep that connection is and, and how it goes both ways, like in hindsight, like Picard, like when Picard hugged him back, that was also like another beautiful moment. And he, Q obviously didn't expect that. Um, so that was great. The stuff about Picard not being able to ever love anybody because anybody he like tried to love and tried to help out like the last person he did was his mother and all that stuff happened with her so that was a really interesting thing behind him behind his whole psychology that he didn't even like realize and then of course the reinventing of the board so those three things for me made this season worth it even though all the bad dialogue all the other nonsense and whatever that okay made it worth it for me. spoiler by the way guys even though we've already talked about it holy shit in episode nine his mom yeah. Yeah. I really if if you back in eighty seven, back in the seventies, back in even the the nineties or the aughts, if you'd have told me there would be a scene in a Star Trek movie where someone hangs himself and you see it, I would have said there's no way you're ever going to see that on a Star Trek. And that's the la- and that the one sort sort of not really responsible, mm-hmm. but sort of responsible, or the one that finds them is the is the protagonist. child. Yeah. And, and, the, yeah. And, and then you and then again you go back and you look at just like with Q's relationship with Picard, you go back and you look at the whole relationship and how and how all the messed up stuff he did to them did to him, he really did love him. And then you go back and you look at Picard's whole like history of being cold as hell, except for a couple other a couple people here and there, like Guinan and Vaj and um you know Beverly. the woman in insurrection and stuff here yeah, and there. Yeah. Um that like it just Clicks so well. Oh, it does. Character. It's like yeah. it knocked me out. I was just. I just. I, I thought know, it would be something that away. they alluded to. I didn't know we he would open a door and we would see like her feet swinging oh, <laughs> like, yeah. from the from the rope. She. I was yeah. like, wow, that's really in your face. Like yeah. I get why. I understand, but I mean, it just it really kind of jolted me out of it when they when they showed it to me right on the screen. Yeah. I thought it would be something that would be alluded to this door would open you would see his face and his face would crumble and then the next shot would be like the coffee you know what i mean like i didn't think it would be oh there's there's his dead mother oh, hanging from the room yeah. yeah that's i agree oh, they were they were direct yes yeah they wanted <laughs> no misunderstanding of what happened to mrs picard yeah so i want to go back to q for a quick minute guys uh we, there's two things that happened in the series that makes me think that q was in fact the last q him dying was the last Q dying off and that the Q continuum no longer exists. For one, when Guinan summons the Q and nobody comes. And you find out later Q saying, oh yeah, sorry, I, I'm having issues with my powers. I had to walk here. Uh, tells me that well, if he was that far away, why would a other Q not show up? And at the end when he tells Picard that he's dying alone yeah. and that he doesn't want that for him, Q has a wife and a kid, or he did anyway. Well, so he has a he's... kid. We don't know if he had a wife, right? Well, yeah. well, he, well, kid, he does. Remember that female Q in Voyager? She's who he has the kid with, right? Yes. Well, whether she's his yes, wife or you're not, right. you're, you're right. right. I don't know. He did have the kid yeah. with her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he well, did he have a mate, her. let's say. 
Um, so him dying alone tells me that that's it. There are no more Q. He's the last of the Q. What do you guys like? What are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. Great question. He certainly doesn't yeah. refer to the continuum at all at any point no. in season two of Picard. No. And yet in every other appearance he had, at least in on the next generation, he endlessly talks about the continuum. So yeah, that's that's not bad. Uh, usually, I, I I take great pleasure in pooping on your theories, but you know what? I think this is a good catch on you, my friend. I think this. I knew I'd get you one day. I knew I'd get you one day. That's not bad. That's not bad. I like to think it's definitely it's either that or they are, you know, so gone and so far away on in some other like realm that even that like bottle opening thing didn't work. That you know. So like they either have abandoned him or they are all dead. Either way, it's pretty. It's a pretty bleak, uh, you know, statement. He made. You're right. We don't know whether he's actually dying. You're correct. I mean, at one point he even says that he thinks he's evolving to whatever the next thing is. Um, yeah, because we don't see him die. So we don't see yeah. him die. We don't know that he's dead. Correct. You, you know what? You're right. But um, yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting. That there's no other mention story. of any of the cues. The continuum's mm. never brought up. Yeah. Solid theory, JS. Solid, man. I'm proud of you on this one. Good. Something to uh, think about and uh, go to sleep had on. To ha- had to happen sooner or later. That's way better than your ET is a Jedi bullshit. I'll tell you but that right ET now. ET is crazy. a Jedi, dude. They're, the ETs are in Star Wars. I mean, I don't know how you can refute Theoretically, that. Theoretically, there might be a Jedi uh, ET at some point. Uh, right? <laughs> Kids, go back and watch our, uh, our conspiracy theory episode. We don't know what they're called. You're no, right. I don't think but, they're ever named. Yeah. They put uh, an Easter egg in one of the prequels, and JS is ran with it. And, and talking about Easter eggs, I mean, I guess it so wasn't so much an Easter egg oh, as much as a cameo, but Wesley Crusher. Shut up, Wesley. He's back. Oh, man. So Wesley shows up at, I don't know, the two-thirds point of the last episode, and he just shows up, and he tells Corey, hey, yep. I'm a traveler. How about you come and travel with me? And she's okay. And they leave, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. What was that about? Like, I didn't understand. Like, if you're going to bring Wesley back, why... I, I, in my mind, I thought Wesley was going to come back because there were rumors he was coming back. But I thought he was going to come back and save the day. He was going to come back and be the one to take them back to the future. After the Borg Queen left with their ship and they're stuck there, I didn't think it was Q that was going to send them back. I thought it was Wesley that was going to come and take him back. But no, he just goes, finds Corey. Hey, let's go. Okay. And they're gone. And now Corey's gone. She's done. Yeah. That was her last scene in all of Star Trek. It was weird. It was like all just for fans to see Wesley. That's all. Yeah, I was I mean, going to say, was, they, really. he, I didn't think that they would get him back at all from how he is about Star Trek now. I'm like, I don't see that happening. No. But uh, yeah, no, I'm impressed that they managed to get him to come back to do a scene. And if they're going to try and take out a character, that's a fun fan service way to do it. I'm, I'm, I was I here for it. I, 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 yeah, I, I, it's pure fan service. But again, if, if we're going to start complaining about fan service, let's let's not talk Marvel because that's all they've been doing lately. So I mean, sometimes fan service is okay. There's a reason why mm-hmm. we're fans and we want to see our favorites. And if they found a way to shoehorn him in there for five, well, minutes, I don't think Moon, Moon Knight is not fan service. I thought that was great, but that's we can save that for another time. I know yeah, we, we all will, got to some of us have different we will, thoughts. We will definitely <laughs> save that for another time because boy, howdy, I do I have thoughts and feelings on that? I hated with anyways. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes fan service works. Did this work like 10 out of 10 brilliantly? Like, did this work the same way Riker and Troy worked in season one? No, of course it did not. Um, would it have been the same? I guess it depends on your love of the character. 
universally, if Wesley Crusher isn't one of the least liked TNG characters, I don't know who else would be. Maybe, mm. maybe Alexander. I, I don't know. But I mean, yeah. kids on that show sucked, and Wesley was one of those kids that sucked. And well, Alexander wasn't on TNG for very long, right? He was only in no, a couple episodes but, before he moved over to DS9. He, he so. was on enough of the episodes that people did not dig that kid. So it's, well, it's fair yeah. enough. And, well, and it, just messed with, it messed with Worf in a way, like you know. I mean, that was how that is how kids are. He was very much like a hundred oh, percent at that age. Mm, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, people are going to be frustrated that yeah, Worf yeah, yeah. Saddled with them. Yeah. Yeah, but not like the same as Wesley. I feel like Wesley uh, wore a lot of shit, and and I probably don't blame Will Wheaton a whole lot for having wanting to create some distance from the character and such. But hey, man, no. I know he's doing that web show or whatever the Ready Room it's called, and he's doing exclusive interviews with cast and crew from the various different treks. So clearly, he's involved with Paramount and with the productions. So yeah. it makes what's it going to take a five minute walk on the set for him to spew some lines, and then they book. I'm I'm good with it. I'm down. I yeah. actually I think I would have been a little more upset if they had done something more plot heavy with him. I, I like the fact that it was just this little thing in its own little microcosm, yeah. and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that. Yeah. But yeah, we've got some comments here, guys. Uh, friendly Canadian geek pool. Uh, soon started the Khan family? A question mark? No. So so Khan is Khan Union Singh. Uh, the Sungs are Data's creator's family. Uh, I Sungs think... and Sings, they're different names. No, I know, but I think he's referring to the scene in season 10 of Picard where Spiner has lost everything, Sung has lost everything, and he pulls up the folder and it says, The Khan Project. Uh, well, y- yes, y- y- well, that makes sense. Yes, but I he, think that makes I, I more think sense. He clearly right. started the eugenics wars. Is, yes. is likely, yeah. which has been alluded to a bunch of times in Trek, but never really. It's kind of, yes. it was kind of like the Clone Wars for for Star mm-hmm. Trek, right? They talk about it all the time, but we've never really seen it. We just know the Khan was a product of the eugenics wars. But I thought I don't, maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but I thought when he appeared, when Brent Spiner appeared during some of the like eugenics Khan stuff in Enterprise, didn't wasn't his name like? Well, yeah. Um, I thought that Million. they hinted that he was. I thought that they hinted that he was related to Song. That the Sings were related to the Song. I think it's that Noonian in, in between because it's Khan Noonian yeah. Singh. Yeah, and I then, guess it was just Noonian. And it's Noonian Song, right? So it's yeah. yeah. I think it's just that name yeah. little drop okay. there. But that might be a good segue to Strange New Worlds because. Oh yeah, because oh. Strange New Worlds. One that of my favorite new, characters. That new lieutenant, that new uh, security chief on there, uh, her 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 name is Noonien Singh. So that is it is. So yeah, so she is. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so do we want to segue over? Do we want to start talking about yes. Strange New Worlds? Okay. Yes, definitely. Because I have thoughts and feelings. Well, go ahead. Start there. Thoughts and feelings. <laughs> uh, that... So let's start with our initial thoughts, and then we can dig into some of the specific details. The we want to talk about that work. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, initial like, thoughts on Stranger Worlds after two episodes. I don't want to get too hyped. <laughs> and it's really hard not to get too hyped. Two episodes. I know. And that's why I don't <laughs> want to get too hyped. Because some shows have started out amazing and then fallen right off a cliff. And and that could still happen here. But <laughs> for what we're getting, like this is, I feel like this is kind of not what we were promised Discovery would be, but more akin to what I thought Discovery would be, which would be an in-canon show where we would get lots of winks and nudges to 
just before the Enterprise with Kirk and Spock and McCoy and the, and the because I think Enter- Discovery originally was ten years beforehand. And in fact, we get the Enterprise in Discovery. That's how we first even meet all these characters is on Discovery. It's so, the same time frame. Yes, exact same time frame. So that's, I think, in my mind, what I initially wanted from Discovery. And then when Discovery became its own thing, I was like, you know what? I love this. This is super cool. I like what they're doing. But now, now that we're getting Strange New Worlds, then it's like he does the he does the speech at the beginning during the credits. The first, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like when he, I was watching it today, and he started to say "Space the Flight of Water," and I'm choking up. While he's saying it, it's not even William Shatner, it's it's Anson Mount, but I mean, just, and the ship, and it's gorgeous, and uh, I, I, yeah, I don't have enough love for the first two episodes so far. If they can keep this high bar going, this has a shot to be the best of the best of the treks. So, anyway, that's that's me all geeking out. What do you, what do you guys think of it so far? <laughs> that. <laughs> all yes. of that? Just yes. Lots of yes. You don't want to elaborate on any of that, Megan? You're good with that? I was, well, I, I will I will attempt a couple of words, but it's just, it's such a good combination because I love like Next Gen and OG Trek and like the stories and the way they did that and having that storytelling and that sort of like nostalgia type of show, but like with modern film things, it's so good. <laughs> Tim. Yeah, I agree. Um, On board. Well, it's, it's, Just it's, sold, set. It's a great show. I think like, uh, kind of like what you said, uh, you know, it was what the Star Trek we were kind of led to believe uh, Discovery was kind of going to be. Um, kind of also what I thought Enterprise was going to make us feel and be good like, and Enterprise just completely just, yeah. you know, was not that in any way. Um, uh, anyway, uh, not to completely dump on Enterprise, but it wasn't uh, very good. Um, but, uh, you know, the Strange New Worlds was, uh, it's pretty amazing so far. And I think even though you can't like say right now that it's the best Trek show ever, you can at least compare these first two episodes to the first two episodes of any of the other Treks, right? So, you know, yeah. that's why like when everybody or when a lot of people were negative about like parts of Discovery, I was like, well, you know, think about the first couple seasons or the first few seasons of TNG, like, and how mm-hmm. many of those episodes were like so-so versus like amazing and stuff and like try and think about it in the context of the time versus this, that, and the other, whatever. Um, but man, Strange New Worlds just really just is hits, it checks all the boxes in every way. Um, every single, you know, you could pause any moment and like, if there's anything written on a panel or anything anywhere, you know, it's like filled with Easter eggs and great stuff. Um, just every character, you feel like you know them from the start, uh, even though you don't really know them and every tiny bit of dialogue they get, um, makes you like. It, everybody shines in it, even though it's an ensemble ensemble cast. And um, you know, obviously Pike is great. It's good to see him in more than you know, uh, just a few episodes. It's good to see him like full on and everything. And obviously the Enterprise is gorgeous. And seeing how they're able to do this like episodic thing uh, while still chain, you know, keeping the whole like chain going and stuff. It's it's great. Like you get the best of both worlds. And it's again, it's it's pretty perfect so far. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be the greatest. JS. (laughs) It's so good. Listen, it, it all works for me. The uniforms work for me. The intro. I love the intro. The intro is gorgeous. The theme song. I'm, I'm sure. Give me like four or five episodes and I'll be singing the theme song, but I won't be singing it, but humming it or whatnot. 
uh, as it'll be playing. Uh, the acting has been amazing. Acting's been amazing. Anson Mount makes dope. me want to be Captain Pike. Dope. Anson Mount is dope as Pike. He's just got it. I love that line in 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 episode two. He's like, "I love this job." So <laughs> like he's just yep. so cool. Um, Story wise, so far, I love that they're going back to the episodic format. I feel like if you have a couple bad episodes in an episodic format not that big of a deal there were a couple of bad episodes the rest of the season can be very good in a season long arc you've got a couple episodes that fuck up your story then your story's screwed up then you've got a kid screaming and all the ships are blowing up you know what i mean so um I, it, it's a very fine line that they're writing but they're just surfing that wave and it just works rebecca romaine i don't know how they got her to come back for a full show but I'm so happy she's back because she's amazing as Una. Uh, I'm liking Spock. Listen, it, it all works. It all, it works. all works for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know I how to else to say it. Yeah, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, just two real quick things I want to mention. One, uh, I like how they're now doing like Marvel and and Disney and 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 whatever Star Wars. They had the little opening. Yeah. The little opening scrawl Enterprise that says it's a Star Trek thing or whatever. They have their own little opening logo. Fantastic move. Great branding. Uh, yep. We all know that ship. We all know that symbol. Classic, classic. Hopefully so they keep that for everything Star Trek. I think now. that's what it is. I think it's going to be like the mm. intro for Mando and Boba and everything else. And two, and this is more sort of going off the conversation that we had with Tim uh, a couple of months ago. I feel like. Like both the Discovery cast and and now the Strange New World cast, both are clearly celebrating diversity, and I'm here for it, and it's great. I feel like the the Strange New Worlds cast, though, it seems less. I'm not force is the wrong word to use. It seems like a, a like a more natural fit because I've heard I've seen a few people saying like it's a bridge crew full of women. I'm like, so yeah, so what difference does that make? Like, yeah, who, who cares? Who cares? And you've got, I mean, it's because it's classic Trek, it is still mostly humans. You don't, you're not having like a cat and a dog sitting yeah. on a bridge or whatever, but it's still like the diversity is enough that we're, we're getting a broad range and a broad spectrum of people, shapes, sizes, colors, and everything else. But it all just, it, it feels, nothing feels like where well, we're just shoehorning this character in for diversity's sake. Everybody's nailing their roles. Everybody's acting so well. None of the dialogue seems contrived or serving that agenda or anything. It's it's what we talked about diversity should be, which should be just like a natural people of different races and colors and genders work together all the time every day. So let's just do that. And they did it. And I feel like even though two episodes in, they're killing it in that regard. I think personally. They are because everybody's getting their chance to shine. Everybody's getting their chance to have a little bit of the story. Uhura had a big part of this last episode, but so did Samuel Kirk, which is funny because we only ever saw him once before, dead. Let's be honest. We never even saw Samuel Kirk alive before. So we're going to forget about the fact that it's supposed to be Shatner in a mustache, but uh, everybody seems to be getting their little piece of the pie. It's not just Captain Pike saving the day every time. Right. You know, you're actually... Are getting to know the bridge crew, which I still can't name you the bridge crew of the Discovery. Oh, that's because you hate it. But I'm, no, but I'm serious though, Jeff. I I know Detmer. Uh, obviously, Tilly's gone. Uh, Okoye, Okoye. They she had a good episode. She had a really good episode actually. I love uh, 
Just yeah, that. she, yeah, she, I love what they did with her in season four of Discovery. She was the one character I felt that actually evolved. Yeah. Uh, Book, I felt like digressed, at least until the end, where finally he's like Book again. Uh, anyway, we're talking about Stranger, <laughs> Stranger Worlds, Worlds, not Discovery. Stranger Sorry, Worlds. folks. Stranger Worlds. Okay. So we all gave our thoughts. Um, I want to talk about the ship. So I, I, I'm the kind of guy that likes canon and that feels okay. I'll give you. I'll, I'll explain you what I mean. When Star- DS9 went back into the past and they met Kirk's Enterprise, it was Kirk's Correct. Enterprise, and they CG'd them onto Kirk. I, that was amazing. I loved that. Now it's a brand new Enterprise. Uh, it's way more modern. It's massive. The bridge is way bigger. Sick bay is way bigger. The captain's quarters has a friggin' fireplace in it. I mean, it's just massive. It's gonna do bad. Wow, it's freaking gorgeous. I, I, it's not all that different from the original Enterprise from the exterior. It's got all the same cues, but man, is it gorgeous! The way they light it, the way that they design it, and little things like his chair. The captain's yes. chair is still the captain's chair. It's still the captain's chair. So yeah, little nods, little nuggets that are like, okay, I see what you're doing. That's the cool consoles, that kinda... like Uhura's console, is still shaped like Uhura's console was shaped. Yeah, yeah. It's just more modern. Yeah, uh, Spock still has like Spock still has the, 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 has the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So little I, hints like that are nice. Yeah. So I don't. These are the type of things I would typically complain about. And be like, ah, this is like, why are you redoing this? Why are you messing with something that was... No, listen, this is so well done, and it looks so good, and it's so badass. I don't have a problem with any of it. That Bring gold it on. deflector dish in the front it's of the amazing. ship. amazing. The red twirly nacelles in the back. Come on, man. It's what they oh, tried yeah. to do with the Enterprise. Again, it's what they tried to do with the Enterprise. They tried to make it look retro, but with like a modern kind of finish or modern kind of engineering of a retro design kind of enterprise thing. missed yeah. the mark with the nx yeah it missed the mark you know what are you going to do it happened too soon they didn't have uh minds that were equipped to handle it um and so it it, it, it was what it was this nails it like you guys said it was perfectly mm-hmm. retro yeah. but modern and rebooted um it was great I think we have to really take some time to remember and thank the fact that we have streaming services now because we would not be living in this platinum age of trek without of course yeah. When all of the other shows came out, you only had one show on at a time. Maybe there'd be a little bit of overlap, like with DS9, Voyager, and, and Next Gen. But you had you had a network. You typically had one network to air them on. I know they tried a little bit with their own network, UPN or whatever it was, and that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we get all this because of the streaming services. We don't. I don't think we get Strange New Worlds without the streaming services. We probably got Discovery. We certainly don't no. get Lower Decks without the streaming services. And if we like got, and even if we got Discovery, it would have been a bad version of it, right? It would have been it like certainly something that they would have tried to make, like twenty-five no. episodes a season, and even no. worse story arcs. That even worse, like dialogue. You know how they do want the network stuff, so, of course, like, and terrible. lower production values, and not as much, not as much of a spend, and yeah. everything else. So everything kind of looks cheesy, and everything else, like like Enterprise, and like some of the network shows looked. But the streaming has given us that opportunity to to be able to enjoy these shows on this level and man alive i know people complain mm-hmm. about all oh, the different streaming services and it's paying the same as cable yeah but you're getting way 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 better we're getting star now. wars tv shows and we're getting marvel tv shows we're getting fans. star trek we're getting yeah suck it we wouldn't up be yes. getting any of this stuff if it wasn't you're not gonna save any money you're gonna spend <laughs> the same money because you're gonna need to have 14 different streaming services but the product you're getting is so much better than it was before yeah that's what you've got to focus on yeah 
Megan, are we keeping you up over there? Is there hearing all the boys talk a lot? Just are we are we boring you to tears? What's going on? Uh, just just think, no, I I went hiking before this, and now I'm just like, oh oh, I'm sleepy. <laughs> tisk, tisk. I've been I've been sick mm-hmm. with COVID for mm-hmm. the last two weeks, and oh, uh, have you really? I didn't realize how much that hit my uh, my cardiovascular oh, and like endurance until I left the house to just go on a walk. I'm like, this is harder than I remember. Mm. Uh, our friendly Canadian geek pool is asking, what are you looking forward to in the next J.J. Abrams Trek movie? Hey, Tim, what are you looking forward to in the next Kelvin movie? A short runtime. Um, no, honestly, what I'm looking forward to uh, is hopefully that it's not a Tarantino flick. Um, it is not. It's no. not. Yeah. I, well, I mean, to, to go further there, I hope they never actually do a Tarantino. Right. I would no, be no, no. up for a Tarantino yeah. Trek. I, I think that could be quite neat. I think Tarantino has the kind of of vision on filmmaking that could make something very, very different from Trek. I've always said Trek needs more diverse type of shows. We need a horror Trek. I think that um, we, I know, think we, that Tarantino is like antithetical to what star trek is about honestly as a person uh, like person and how like the stuff that he does and writes about sometimes to me i think that he i feel to me it almost seems sacrilegious i know that's like an exaggeration but i don't think he should be touching star trek stuff i think if it was i don't want him to touch star trek i think if they did something like like an anthology animated series or something like that when where different creators would come in and have their little like 20 minute takes on trek so you get a broad broad diverse thing of what what you could get I'd be okay with that. If I'd he came okay in, did an episode of that, that's cool. A movie, I couldn't agree with you more. I think right. a Tarantino directed and written Trek movie would be a disaster. I would rather see a Michael Bay uh, Star Trek. Than that. I would rather see a Joel Schumacher Batman. <laughs> I would rather see... Oh, man, I don't know. man Tim's coming in hot. Tim's got a hot take on this one. Yeah. Screw so Tarantino Trek. I, I, I don't want it. Get it out of my face. Uh, so you guys, as far as the, the next Kelvin timeline movie, the next JJ movie with, with Chris Pine and the boys, where, where are you guys on that? How do you feel? Because apparently it's happening. So what are you guys I expecting? I feel like seeing? with all the trick we have now, that's past. Yeah, it's missed its mark. It's too late now. Um, well, I like those movies. So... At least I liked, I yeah, really, really liked was, the first yeah. one. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, and I understand that it's happening. I don't understand why yeah. it's happening. Um, You've got so much Trek on TV. You know, you've got five shows running at the same time. Maybe they're going to try for a shared universe thing. Maybe they're going to punch through a wormhole. And maybe they're going to come out of that anomaly that the Borg are watching or something. There you go. Hey, I mean, you who never knows? know. You never yeah. know. Things have happened. Yeah, that's yeah true. you never know. I, uh, as, long, as long as Riker warps in on the Titan, then I'm fine. Yeah. Flashpoint. As long as, as long as we get warp in the factor of five, six, seven, eight, then I'm totally good. I'm shocked that they're actually doing a uh, another like movie with them because I think th- I've saw an article when they announced the new one saying that originally it got canceled because all of the actors just wanted to or they wanted too much money they didn't have the budget to pay everybody what they were worth after all of the different actors started getting popular. Mm-hmm. And then yep. they announced they were going to do it before signing contracts with any of the actors again. That's so I'm weird, like, yeah. you're shooting yourself in the foot because now they're going to just charge as much as they want again. Well, you know, from I what I understand, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto have already signed on. 
Yeah, but when they first announced it, I don't think any of the cast had signed on. Oh, no, not the first time, that's yeah. for sure. No, it was news to them, actually. A lot of them had come out and said, yeah. like, we, we, our agents hadn't even spoken to this yet, and, and Paramount announced that it was already happening. So mm. Yeah, I, yeah I so they were just like, well, I guess I know the position I'm bargaining from now. <laughs> What were you well, going to say, Tim? Yeah, I, I agree totally. I don't think they need to make this at all. I feel like the first ones worked as far as showing that mm -hmm. Star Trek's a viable property that makes money and that, um, and you know, they kind of had to dumb it down for audiences and to an extent as far as leaving out all the things that I like about Star Trek and making it more pure action movie. Um, uh, and I feel like why go back to that when we have, like we've all said just now, like we have a great shared universe. You can just make movies from that. If you want to make movies, make movies from that. Don't make movies that, from this other like weird. That uh, was going to be my next question. Like, what do you do? Because Star Wars is leaving money on the table right now too. Like we're going to be getting Star Wars movies again at some point, guys. It's not just going to be Star Wars TV shows. They yeah. own the IP. It's rich and gooey and chunky goodness. There's going to be more Star Wars movies. There's clearly going to be more Star Trek movies at some point. So if it's not the Kelvin movies, what would you want to see for a Star Trek movie? What would you base it on? Would it be a completely brand new thing like Kelvin was, just something else that's brand new? Or would you take one of the properties, somehow try to adapt it for, for a movie while still running it as a TV show? Like, what, what would be your plan for a, a Star Trek movie if it's not Kelvin? Something different. Something totally different. Yeah? Like a brand new imagining of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like a... Um... Yeah, like uh, I mean, like I like we know that they're doing they're they've been, they're talking about doing what like the Section Thirty One show or the Starfleet Academy show and stuff like that, but things like that, like other aspects of the Star Trek universe that don't really get something highlighted on, something that you don't have to do a whole bunch of waste like half a movie to do backstory on, something that you can just right. like don't jump people, uh, kind of dump people Hit the ground running kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. What do you What do you guys think? That could definitely be interesting. I think the problem that you have or like the kind of risk that you take is people is some people reacting to it the way that they reacted to deep space nine because up until that point everything had been on a ship traveling and then they were on a space station i think if you switch the perspective of what we're seeing from the star trek universe to something that's like entirely at the academy or entirely in this one kind of shady organization of the world you run the risk of people not liking it, not reacting to it well, and being like, well, why did they change it? It's not Trek. <laughs> but mm -hmm. sometimes you need to switch it up. So it would be interesting to see if they would take that risk. JS, what do you think? I uh, have some different thoughts on this myself. I feel like if you're going to do something completely new and different, it has to be a TV show. Nobody's going to go want to oh, see a movie. That's what they do. Yeah, about a crew that you don't know, about a thing that just says Star Trek, but that has no familiarity, right? If you're making a movie, you have to make that movie based on characters that are popular, that people are going to want to go see. Unfortunately, there aren't a ton of those characters. There's Kurt, Spock and McCoy. There's Picard, Data, and Riker, and that crew. And you know what I mean? Like, what else are people going to pay to go see the movies? Right, I mean, it's that—that's the problem. I feel with Trek, you almost have to wait now. I, I truly believe that, as far as movies, CBS needs to wait. They need to let all these shows do get their run, do their thing, and then once these shows are done, then you bring back some of those characters as a movie. Whether it's a Strange New World crew, whether it's the Discovery crew, whether yeah, it's another. Settle. 
you know, let the dust settle, and then you do a series of movies with those characters. I think that's that's the logical way. I think I would go. I like uh, that. But anything else, I feel like who's going to pay to go see that, right? Sorry, what was that, Megan? Oh, it's just for the way that you're describing. That's basically what they did with the original series and Next Gen. They had their runs on TV, and then they had movies. Exactly. Well, I feel like I feel like the the it, it would cut both ways because if if you try and feature a movie that has all these people, or if you like try and do something that like let's say happens between seasons or something like we write a movie around that, then that seems like a money grab to me to try and make people go to the theaters to see that when. Uh, you know, why not tack that on? To, why not make that the finale or the intro to the next season or something? Um, so I personally would rather see something new and interesting. Um, and even if that new and interesting subject uh, is used as a vehicle to kickstart a new series, maybe, or something, that's kind of fine with me. But I feel like, again, like, you know, yeah, if you, you can make something with people you know, like that happens with like the Strange New Worlds cast or something. But, you know, if you're making people go to the theater to see it, to me, that you know, we're already paying for this streaming service. So if you're making me to go see something in a theater, it better be something new and special. Nope, that's mm. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Uh, friendly Canadian Geek Bull says, uh, Enterprise B or C movie that connects to TNG. I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. A self-contained one-shot Star Trek movie about the Enterprise C. When they return from yesterday's Enterprise. That's pretty cool. We've never seen that story, That's right? Imagine that being a one-shot Star Trek movie. That's a great idea. Uh, you know, th- those are the type of things that could be cool as well. How do you springboard a series of movies off of that? It has to be really, really good, I suppose. And people have to want to see more. But, yeah, I That's think... That's a cool thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's a cool thing about Star Trek, right? I mean, you could go anywhere, <laughs> right? In all sorts of direction, for sure. For strange sure. new worlds like they're you know who knows where they're gonna go with this stuff i mean like these from what they've shown us with the the spectrum of what they've shown us with the lat with these first two episodes and how well they did it i mean like it's pretty you know those possibilities seem limitless so, mm-hmm. so yeah they could do all kinds of cool stuff that blow our minds as far as callbacks to things that were like threads that were left on un, unhandled you know from tng and other stuff like uh um you know it's, it's pretty cool i think I want to change the subject and bring it back to the conversation we were having here. Do you guys feel like what they're doing in Strange New World is going to give us a new a new trio, a new Kirk, Bones, and Spock? Is that what they're doing with Pike, McCoy, not McCoy, Pike, number one, and Spock? 100%. That's what they're marketing it anyway. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Although, like I said earlier, though, I do like it that it doesn't... I, I don't think it's going to be as hyper-focused on just the three of them. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that everyone has a role, everybody has a part to play, everybody has a voice. So far, season, I mean, we're only two episodes in. So I don't think it's going to be as hyper-focused on the three of them as it was in the original series. But, and I don't know that we'll, like, I would rather get, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's nice, I know they call them the Magnificent Seven, but yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as the next gen goes, it, it really was the, 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 the Picard, Riker, and Data show too, right? So... And let's be fair, it was really the data show um, once they realized that he was the most popular character on the show. So, And something like that might happen, too, because Paramount has a really bad habit of that. Like, oh, this one character is super popular, so now we're going to, like, really hammer this character into everybody for a while. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so that might happen, but I would like to to see um I would like to see them continue to to keep the diversity up high and just and just keep rotating the feature around. Having said that, Pike's a damn fine looking human man. And that spot guy ain't too ain't too hard on the eyes either. And then you also have Rebecca Romain. So there's some very, very attractive humans that are on that show. And uh may I say, uh that new Uhura, uh yeah, not mad. Not, not, not mad at all. Yep. That's thank, thank you very much. That's that's some that's some brilliant casting. I haven't seen her work before, but wow. Uh, yeah, there are some there are some yeah. attractive humans on that show. So not that that's a, a huge calling point because their acting is great too. But yeah, uh, it's a good question. I I hope they keep it diverse. Yeah, M- M- Michael throwing throwing up some water there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. You're not wrong, sir. Yeah. I like the casting they did for uh, for Christine as well. Again, I'm like. Oh yes. Yep, yeah. Good yeah, good, good chases were made for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, outstanding cast all around. I absolutely loved it. In fact, um, one of the coolest, uh, I think, interesting things about the cast, as you guys know, the Anar, the new um, guy who looks Andorian. Of course, they oh, the blind the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same same planet, but like a different portion of the planet. Oh, that is was, that yeah. what it is? Because I was like, how is this guy not Andorian? He's just a white Andorian. Like I didn't well, understand yeah, what was Anar, going on. So, like, I think they, I think they first introduced the Anar back in the animated series. I think. But mm. maybe, but I know that they actually really talked about them in the in Enterprise um, with like that whole Andorian stuff that they had going on. Like Enterprise at least dropped a few nuggets that were kind of cool that they're probably going to be able to uh, go back to. But mm. they had the ANR. I think I think all of them are blind, and they oh, okay. have like Daredevil like ability of being able, as you saw, like when Spock threw the carrot to him and stuff. Um, and but yes, the actor Bruce Hemmer is actually blind as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That's is that's, he really now? That's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I like oh. when they do that. It's like in Eternals, where the, the the girl that played the deaf girl was a deaf girl. Because, yeah. hey man, if you're gonna have a deaf girl, why not get a deaf girl to play her? Right. She played a, uh. a yeah, the, a deaf girl in Walking Dead, I think, also. Right. Isn't yeah. The same yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, same I know actor. who you're talking about. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're gonna have, uh, it's like Marley Matlin when Marley Matlin first hit the movie scene, she was sure. uh, a deaf woman playing deaf mm-hmm. women. Because why wouldn't we do that? That makes perfect sense. So we have a blind character on the show. I have a crazy idea. Let's find a blind guy to play this. Yeah. What? what? Crazy talk. Crazy. Yeah, and he's only been in a couple of scenes, had a couple of lines of dialogue, but I, I like his. He, he's he's got definite cranky old man vibes, and I I can relate. Yeah, and he's the new chief engineer, right? What? So we're, we're gonna get more of him. Yeah, I hope so. He's great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah, it should be good. It should be good. Um, I mean, we've been on for over an hour now. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about episode two. Can we get into a little bit of spoiler talk? I mean, guys, if you're sure. still watching, we've been on for an hour. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of spoiler talk. So if you haven't seen episode two of Strange New Worlds, maybe this is the time for you guys to log off. So we'll say goodnight. <laughs> Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. But uh, so what did you guys think of the episode? I mean, they just knocked it out of the park right back again. Like the first episode was amazing. And the second episode, I was like, okay, second episode is going to be okay, but it won't be as good as the first one. I thought it was even better than the first one. Uh, thoughts. So I will say, uh, I didn't realize we were talking about it this episode until you sent me the plot, and then I was out. So I made it two-thirds of the way through the episode before we started recording. So you haven't finished it yet. So I get to find out how it ends once uh, we're done this. But well, so we, far, good. Am, am Sold is a good episode. We can keep it high level then, I guess. I don't know if we went to... Uh, eh. I don't care. I'll enjoy I mean, it. She has a, you know, you had COVID. Now you're going to ruin the, 
what I find to be one of the greatest Star Trek episodes possibly ever. Um, that why is really that? Good. Why like because you have the interaction with the music, having that as like yes. A um, I I don't know. Like I, it's uh, everything about it. I don't know. I can't really. Um, I don't know. It's hard to. It, it just it just hit everything like about um letting all the new characters shine especially her obviously and then like the twists that i won't totally t get, talk about but obviously the when we talked about like the morality and the gray area and the interesting parts where we really explore ourselves within star trek uh when it's not a clear like bad guy versus good guy kind of dynamic or when it seems like that and then it reveals itself not to be and all that kind of stuff like that it hit it hit all the right trek things for me in every single way um you have this like you know, a uh, pre-warp species that has no idea that this like insane stuff is happening above them. Like, you know, they're like gathering yeah. water and like planting like, you know, hay or something in the desert or something. And like this epic scene is happening above them. Just classic Star Trek. I, I love it. Um, and, and I love too the, the difference in the, the level of dialogue between Discovery and Strange New Worlds, where on Discovery, especially when on the bridge and there's something happening, everybody is so serious and like locked in and like everything is like this dramatic moment and emotions are high. And then, and then it, the ship says, or the communications officer says, oh, uh, the sh we are the shepherds or whatever. And Anson Mount literally turns to the communication girl and goes, like, really? <laughs> like, he's, like the level of dialogue is, it's almost like they're just out there funning. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're just out yeah. there like, well, it's eh. a, you know, it's a lighter show. It's a lighter show. It, I it is. Say. No, hundred percent. But even yeah. when, even in the first episode, I think someone said like, what's the mission? And he's like to explore. Like, what do you mean? There's no, we're just going to go explore strange new worlds. Now, the she thing I did, I did really, really dig was they really, which I feel like they really haven't done before. I don't know if they've ever done it before. They really showed off the maneuverability of the enterprise in this one. When they're, the in that, angle, the, yeah. Yeah, when they're Ortega in that, yeah, when they're in that pitched battle, uh, and then Ortega starts doing her all her moves and stuff, and you see it like coming up through and arcing over and everything else, and I'm like, they've never really shown that to that extent, especially with the Enterprise before, especially the classic Enterprise, because everything is just like, directing, like they've evolved, right? A hundred percent, yeah. But even my favorite space battle of all time, which is in Star Trek Two, obviously the Enterprise against the Reliant, it is still just basically like like it's it's not. But this, yeah, I mean, they really showed off what the Enterprise can actually do, and they and they made it seem like what they should have three dimensional space. It's not just it's not just two ships that always meet face up on a flat plane, just like la la la, like like yeah, dude. It's all like what Jeff. Listen, well, D Space right? Nine, you know, with the Defiant, <laughs> they did have a few moments there. With D Space Nine, had that action cam where it was like the cam over the shoulder of the Defiant. Like, yeah, you know, so the Defiant would fly so through. So it did have and, a few yeah. moments, but yeah. Normally, yeah, that was just. I think that was just beyond their capabilities of really. Oh, for sure. A lot, and yeah, or they just didn't even think that smart about it. But it like was just seeing amazing. debris hit the shields, and then the shields would have that white glow where the debris so was hitting ah dude yeah that's that for me i was like all right man i don't know how much you guys spent on this episode but well spent budget on this one because this looks brilliant yeah it was it was well, yeah and it's one thing i don't think people really i don't want to say don't really realize but at least i sometimes forget it's like yeah they're they're in space you can't just it's not just turn left turn right go faster whatever like you have the entire you can go up you can go down you can go wherever there is not there's yeah. yeah space has three dimensions but i even yeah. like the opening whatever five minutes or ten minutes when it's character moments at the captain's dinner 
Mm-hmm. That was All amazing. of that, that was, was played so out good. so, so, so well, right from the jump. Like the helmsman pranking Uhura, and then, you know, Pike opens yeah. the door and he starts laughing when he realized what's going on. And just the naturalness <laughs> of all the interactions. Uniform. Nice. Like they all just played, like you would never think that was the second episode of a series because the way they all played off each other in that, in that scene, you get a piece of each individual character and it gets you to know all of them a little bit better throughout that scene, even though it's only like a tight seven minutes. Ah, brilliant, man. Brilliant. So it was like they I feel, feel like, like a family already. I feel yeah. like next gen. I feel like um, uh, the Deep Space Nine and Voyager were trapped within the rules next generation established, right? So a lot, a lot of it came down to like the also comes down to like the directing and the way that was written and all that kind of stuff. So all these like candid moments where you know you've seen like Cisco and everybody like he's cooking for everybody and it's like a fun moment. It was cute back then, but this is a whole new level of. Like you said, um, yeah. uh, a, a kind of attainable, some kind of um, relatable, uh, you know, interaction that just felt uh, ju- that I think speaks to the how smart they are about the show in general. Like they know what they're doing, and maybe they had to work through some stuff on in Discovery, and which I still love, and I think it's you know it has a different purpose and operates in a different world and a different tone. And Agreed. again, Discovery like. They were responsible. Sorry, for like sorry. The, Tom, are you saying Discovery product. shit compared to Strange New World? No, I'm saying that <laughs> they get the they You're have the benefit of being light and, and uh, fun about it because Discovery saved the universe, right? Discovery right. did all this hard work. Yeah, that so that pressure. Is- oh, I see where you go with that. So they're only there because of Discovery. Oh, uh, don't. Well, every don't. every season, Discovery <laughs> is literally saving the universe. I can't. Right? I can't you're right. With I mean, you're but right. But in every episode, Strange New Worlds is maybe saving a planet. So let's give them a break, all right? Let's give them a break. Maybe there's it, it maybe is, the it, it a is, little it, bit more serious because the universe depends on it, Jeff. It is the interesting take between doing serialized TV and doing episodic TV. 100%. For sure. You can, you can be lighter and fluffier and easier and have those longer character moments when you're doing episodic stuff as opposed to serialized stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. not everything is going to lead into everything is going to lead into everything into an ultimate finish. The only real through thread through all this is the fact that he's seen his own death, which I have to be honest with you, my favorite thing about Pike is how chill. Like he is easily the most chill, laid back. Like I know Kate Mulgrew kind of like phoned it a little bit by her own admission, be, being Janeway, but no one has been as as cool and suave and debonair and laid back and chill like Christopher Pike is. And but that 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 little nugget now where he's seen his own death and he knows it's coming. It's it, it's it's blunting that edge a little bit. And I'm kind of hoping, not that they move past it, but I'm kind of hoping he gets to a point where he can accept it and he can get back to how he was on Discovery because I loved him in Discovery. Because same thing what we're talking about. Everything I'm, everybody was on Discovery was so serious. And he was just like, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, he was just so, like, chill yeah. and dope. And I loved it. And he's carrying that over here. So, yeah, yeah like you said, Mike, yeah. he's that was really so good. chill. Sorry. It's, it's an amazing kind of dynamic that uh, we don't get to have so much. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead, oh, mate. I was just going to say, I really like um, the way that they do have that little like existential dread for the character, though, like just in the back of his brain. And he doesn't show it often, but there's just like that one or two second like throwaway line when he's talking to number one or when he's thinking about it back at home in the first episode. And it's just seeing that like the character is serious. The character does have that like inner turmoil, but he still can have fun and still be the same captain to the most degree i do agree with you i would like to see him move past it but i think it's a good sort of through line of like a little bit of drama and a little bit of 
uh, difficulty and like character development that he could work through through the first season. Yeah, yeah, but it would yeah. Be no, nice no. to see him get over it. I don't have a problem with him having it. I just hope it doesn't become. I hope it doesn't get bigger. I don't want it to become this all-consuming yeah. thing, and we lose like the laid-back captain, and we get this guy that's always on the bitter edge of "I'm going to die in ten years." Whatever. I want him to still be that yeah. cool, laid-back guy that has this weird thing hanging over his head. So, well, I don't know because yeah. already in episode two, he does this speech to Una where he tells her, "You know, I have to focus. I have to hold the track because I have to save all these people." Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's going to die, and he knows he's going to die, and he's not even going to stop. He's not going to try to stop it because in his mind, he died saving a bunch of people. 16 people? Is that what he said? He died saving 16 crew members. Uh, And so that's what he says, right? He says he has to stay the course. He has to save those people. He's been repeating their names. Yeah. I hope we see a little bit of him starting to, I don't want to say lose it, but I want to see it affecting him to a point where he has to, you know, every once in a while, Spock has to snap him out of it and be like, dude, like what the hell, you know? Like we got to get this done. Uh, it, it adds a dimension, I feel, to Pike, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We will. Uh, overall, when you look at Star Trek, I want to say since Voyager, even with Voyager, actually since Next Generation, there's been a lot of debate. There's been a lot of people not liking one series and a bunch of other people loving the series. And there's been a lot of, I almost want to say, infighting within the trek fandom and that's okay as far as i can as i'm concerned that's part of being a trekkie i mean you're not gonna like everything and fighting for what you like is is part of being a trekkie right tim if it's all yeah exactly if it's it all is. good fun of course <laughs> it is as long as you're not saying anything negative about discovery i think we're all fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, fair enough like you said just like it really it's like a such a great like uh thing that we can all kind of share and have favorite parts about and you know benefit off of in, in different ways and and thank thankfully they have so many different properties running at the same time that really any of us can just like kind of enjoy what we want all at the same time sort of and and you and know. sometimes we're wrong. This, like JS yeah. is wrong about Discovery and Megan's wrong about Lower Decks. I mean, sometimes people are just wrong, right? This is what happens. It's fine. You're allowed to be wrong. It's, sure, it's just, it's sure. Here comes yes, Mr. Right. Wiseman yes, over here. It's, it's okay. We don't hold it against you. Uh, really like that's Lower right. Decks. You, that's you right. No, but Lower Decks is really good, actually. Have you even checked it out? <clears throat> I've I've watched the entire first season and the first couple episodes of the second, and I do not like it. Oh, wow. I loved it. I loved Lower Decks. It's Once I got the, past episode two, I was really happy. Oh, yeah. I think we've said this in Which our one? last Trek episode. It's the Rikerist Trek of all Treks. It's, I right. love it. Damn right. It took a I few episodes agree. to shake out for me. It took a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got there, I felt it felt almost, it felt like, you know, really, really funny. And I liked all the jokes. But at first, I felt like it was trying way too hard to cram in every reference and to try and be quick and funny and like, you know family guy or you know rick and morty or something but uh, yeah after a few episodes, it's, too, it got there. it's too rick and morty for me yeah fair enough I, I can see that i mean i can see a lot of people not liking that style i mean it's you know it's not for everybody again trek is not for everybody that said is strange new world that are we finally getting the trek to unite the trek fandom 
is this what this is? Because I'm reading everywhere. I'm on all the different forums and <laughs> Facebook trek. groups. And, and in the darkness. The by them. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, this is the one trek to rule them all, is it? I mean, everybody's it's, loving this. They've been so forging far. this one on the mountain for a while. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll be the dissenting opinion. It's too early. It, it got, it, it, two episodes are amazing. They've knocked on the park with both. It's just you're right. way, it's just you're way too early. Could right. it be? Does it have the potential to be? Absolutely. I think it does. Will it be? It's too early to know. That's my opinion. Yeah. What do you guys think? If they can keep it up, it'd be great. Because even within this, like, I don't think there's a single other show, like you were saying, after Next Gen, that all four of us agree on that we really like, except for Strange New Worlds for the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. So if they can keep going with it, if panel is any <laughs> any way to go, it seems like this is this is the one that'll keep all of the humans happy. Tim? Yeah, I think this is, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's too early to really, you know, be certain, but I think, you know, any early indicators say that it's, it has every, re, you know, every indicator that's going to be the best one so far. I mean, um, none of the other Trek shows, even Next Generation, the first two episodes weren't this good. And, and I think also everybody loves the Next Generation because it's all we had at the time, uh, you know, other than the original series, which really wasn't that great by then uh, to rewatch. So, you know, I feel like a lot of times people need to reevaluate or kind of check their rosy glow of the next generation because, you know, you can sit down and rewatch all the episodes now. And there's a lot of filler episodes and a lot of episodes that just waste a lot of time and don't really and aren't really that great. And even the best episodes aren't all that great in hindsight sometimes. So <gasps> I think like people need to like be careful. I still love Next Generation. It's still like my probably my favorite of all time um, because it's because of its place in my heart. But pound for pound like episode for episode when you compare them uh you know it's, uh, strange new worlds looks like it's poised to be the best one i mean like you know yeah comparing as long they as they yeah, get a chance i want them to get a chance to have their best of both worlds i want them to have their chance to get like that epic two-parter or whatever mm-hmm. like babylon 5 world without end like I, I still need to have that i want it to stay episodic i don't want it to serialize but i want it to have that that cool cliffhanger two-part episode because i don't know if you guys were watching when it happened but that that best that best of both worlds mm-hmm. part one when that ends they got the deflector dish and Riker says fire and then a screen scary. goes to black and I, and I had to wait a whole fucking summer <laughs> to find out what happened mm-hmm. and it drove me absolutely bananas so yeah oh, dude wow. yeah so i hope they get a chance to do something akin to that um, I hope they do the yeah. same. At the end of every season, should be a cliffhanger into the next yeah. season. It should. That was a next TNG staple. School. Yeah, I think yeah. they promised they would stick with the old school format of episodic content. Like that's their mandate, basically. And of course, they're going to keep the other arcs going with Pike worrying about you know what's going to happen to him in ten years and all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love it. Me too. Awesome. Hey, listen, there's still Great a couple job, people man. watching here on, on Instagram. Thanks, guys, for uh, sticking with us. Uh, we haven't had a chance to go through a lot of the comments, but great talk tonight. I have to head out, but this was another great listen. Uh, Jordan, jo- when did he even join? I didn't notice jo- Oh, he was joining. actually early. Uh, for Jordan, was he was he really? early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. we, we got well, to figure out a way to get now. Jordan on, actually. So. Yeah, we do. Uh, I'm trying to go back here. There's a lot of comments that we've missed. But, hey, listen, thanks anyway for, for joining us tonight. We had a great conversation. If you're watching us here on uh, YouTube after the fact or even on Facebook, leave us a comment below. Let us know what you thought about all these, you know, third, uh, sorry, fourth season of Discovery, second season of Picard, and the first few episodes of Strange New Worlds. Guys, thanks for coming on. 
Uh, it's always amazing to have you guys on. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything you want to pitch? Any social medias? Any anything? Uh, Megan, you've got probably the longest list. So how about you start? <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I have a a very long list of uh, of different fairs and markets that I'm gonna be doing with my business over the next couple of months. Uh, first couple will be Gockle Street Markets here in Kitchener. I'm gonna be going to Robin in the Hood. Uh, the same weekend as Niagara Falls Comic Con, so we'll probably <laughs> not see many people I know there because they will be in Niagara. But that, yeah, you, you're going to be uh, busy down in Niagara Falls. Tell people how they can find your business, Megan. Make sure you get that so, in there. So, uh, if you want, you can reach out to me either on Instagram on my business, either this page or my business account, uh, Valkyrie Customware, or you can just go right to my website, ValkyrieCustomware.ca. Awesome. Tim. Tim. Oh, uh, thanks, Jess and Mike. Thanks, for, and Megan. Nice to meet you. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, uh, you know, I uh, do like book uh, photography, cosplay, editing, stuff like that. Um, uh, since the pandemic, I haven't really gone to anything, but this summer I'm going to be getting back out at the cons and stuff. So I'm starting with Blurred Con and, um, the furthest off one that I have planned is New York Comic Con. So anyway, oh, like, yeah, I you do, were talking about wow. that. That's right. Yeah. That should yeah, be a blast. I used to go to New York Comic Con almost every year before um, uh, the pandemic and before my daughter was born, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting back out there. So if uh, anybody needs like photography, um, edits or anything like that, just, you know, hit me up Instagram at Black Captain Kirk, uh, spelled a little weird. Um, but if you ever have any doubts about that, just connect with these guys and you can find me, I'm sure. Yeah, I might I might hit you up for some cosplay edits actually, Tim. I haven't thought about doing that before, but because uh, I don't I don't get a whole lot of photos edited, so maybe I'll maybe maybe we'll talk we'll it's talk fun. turkey. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure, Mr. Jeff. You need. Yeah, yeah. Um, May uh, yeah, so it's just so some some maintenance stuff. I've, I've got a, a birthday party as Spider Man on May twenty eighth. Uh, that's here in London, and then uh, here in London on May 29th, it is uh, the walk. It's a cystic fibrosis walk. It's called Make CF History. Um, so I'm going to be going there as Spider-Man for three, uh, two or three hours as well, just to interact with the kids and, uh, and have some fun. That's also here in London where I'm at. And then June 3rd through 5th is, uh, Niagara Falls Comic Con. So I'm going to be there all three days for that event. And then June 25th is, uh, Forest City Comic Con, which is also here in London. So yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff coming up, lots of Spider-Manning and, and then just, uh, some conventions to, to hit up and go to and, and anytime I can get out to do some some charitable work and, and do events like that, then that's that's a bonus for me. So, yeah. And uh, I'm going to be talking to our boy Tim there. Maybe uh, maybe getting a couple cool events going on too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I usually specialize in cosplay edits, but I can just edit like regular photography stuff. So, regular model photography, yeah. whatever kind of stuff. So there you, go. You, yeah. you do not say. Ooh. Yes. Megan is a model. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. she might be hitting you up for some stuff too. So, yes. It'll be like, I have ideas. Yes, yes. So go check out Tim's account if you haven't, Megan, because I've seen some of his edits and they're dope. They look mm-hmm. really, really Thank good. You. So thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. What about you there, uh, Monsieur Belanger? Uh, nothing much going on in the cosplay side for the summer. Uh, next con is going to be Fan Expo. Uh, I'm not really doing much until then. I was hoping to go to Niagara Falls, but I'm not going to be going because I'm going to Niagara Falls a couple weeks later. So yeah, that's fair. It's one of those things yeah. where, you know, you're going to pick and choose your battles at one point. What's New that? York sorry, Comic-Con. New York Comic Con. Yeah, I uh, wish. God, I wish. That's one I would love to go. New York, San Diego. I mean, I'd love to go just to be able to say that I've been, but it's it's one of those things where it's so massive and it's so just it's too much, too much for me. Even New York is a lot. Be, 
Yeah. Well, in San Diego, also, like, if you're going to be doing stuff after the con, like, all you all there is to do is, like, the con events, which are going to be, like, a zoo, right? So, in New York, I mean, you got New York, right? There's always stuff to do. Yeah, never, fair enough. You know. yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, really, this summer, that's going to be it. Otherwise, it's going to be all about working on this channel, trying to make some content, and uh, probably getting a new cosplay started soon. So, nice. keep an eye out for that. Sweet. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I think that's about it, guys. Thanks again for coming along. Uh, Everybody watching here on YouTube, make sure you leave us a like and uh, comment below. Really appreciate you watching or even sticking this far. Not sure if anybody watches this video this far. Uh, If you don't want to watch the video this far, I should have pitched this at the beginning. We're on Spotify, guys. Uh, We're on um, Odyssey. um, What's the uh, Amazon one? They've partnered up with Indigo, and it's called anyway Amazon Music whatever the other part of Amazon Music is, we're on there. We're on all the big platforms. So if you don't want to listen to us, and you want to, sorry, if you don't want to watch us and you want to listen to us, check us out on all the podcast platforms. Geekboutique.podbean.com. That's our site. So go check it out. Thanks for watching, everybody. Stay geeky. We'll see you next week. See ya. Live long and prosper, kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at that. Nerds. Like that? Nice. Nerds. Nerds. Nerd alert. See you guys. Absolutely nerd alerts. See you, Tim.